Thank you for listening to this podcast from Renew San Diego, a church for the good of all our neighbors in North Park, San Diego. If you're ever in the area on Sunday mornings, we'd love to welcome you. More information at renewsandiego.org. Share with a friend. See you soon. The reading today is from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 13. I therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. But each of us was given a grace according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Therefore it is said, when he ascended on high, he, when he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to his people. When it says he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the same one who ascended far above all the heavens, so that he might fill all things. The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, to equip the saints for for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until all of us come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge and of the Son of God to maturity, to measure, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. The word of the Lord. Please take a moment for silent reflection. Let's pray together. Gracious God, as we're gathered in this place now, silent and reflective, we come to this moment from a place of rest, a place of health, a place of connection. We come to this moment from a place of exhaustion or anxiety or fatigue, or fear. We come to this moment connected and feeling in great joyful community, and we also come here carrying grudges and needing to forgive and be forgiven. We are people who believe and trust you. We are people who doubt and have questions. But however we find ourselves right now, help us to see we have more in common than we realize. On one hand, none of us has it all together. Each of us is what we might call a beautiful mess, full of contradictions and complexity. And at the same time, you see us in all our beauty and all our brokenness. And your response is not to walk away or not to crush and condemn, but rather your response is to move toward us in sacrificial, self-giving love in the person and work of your son, Jesus Christ. 
And so help us now to trust and believe that you love us that much, that you call us to yourself and then you send us out to participate in the coming kingdom of God in which all things and all people will be renewed. And even now you are at work with your resurrection power. Teach us in a way that our lives would be transformed. And send us out to be your agents of renewal. We pray in your name. Amen. One of my favorite aspects of living in North Park is that after dinner in the summertime, often my family and I will go to the golf course right over here, Balboa Park Municipal, the seventh hole. Each of us has our own golf clubs that we picked up at the thrift store over time. And we just poach a couple holes on the golf course as the sun's going down. We've gotten to know the groundskeeper, and he chases, us off. he chases me off like I'm a little kid. I mean, this guy's reason for being is to chase people off that golf course, which only makes it more fun. And it gets a little sad as the sun goes down and the last glimmer of light is fading and you can't see the golf ball anymore, but I always want to keep trying, so that's when I really lose a lot of balls. Until one day, we noticed this guy was playing golf and his golf balls were illuminated in the dark. They were glow-in-the-dark golf balls. I had never seen anything like this. They were radiating light. And so I went over and started talking with him and asked him how they worked and where do you get them. And that was that. We went on with our game and we're packing up. He comes over and he goes, hey, you will use these far more than I will. Here's, here are the balls. Here's the way you charge them. You should have it. I, it was like the best Christmas gift I ever got. It was nowhere near Christmas. As, so that continued our golf game for another half hour. And as we're, as we're putting, Joshua, our seven-year-old, goes, Dad, that was a good man. He's a giver. Definitely not a thief. <laughs> He's a giver. Definitely not a thief. I love that. So now that's one of the inside jokes in our family. If anyone does something nice for us, we go, they're, they're a giver, not a thief. The passage we just heard talks about God who's a giver. And the more you and I can see that and trust that and let it sink in, it will drive all sorts of healthy, wholesome, reconnected, hopeful behaviors in our lives. The degree to which you and I think that God is a thief that wants to steal your joy or steal your opportunities or the invitation to become a Christian is an invitation to do something out of duty or obligation. It's this kind of second class type of life that you have to because maybe then you'll be okay with God. You see God as a thief or untrustworthy, it'll drive you one way. You see God as a giver of good gifts and it will transform everything. So let's just take a moment, because really today you have a, a special treat. You're going to hear from me a bit, but you're actually going to see how this plays out in real life in our community through a few stories of our friends here. But let's just consider the giver of the gifts and the gifts themselves, okay? First, the giver of the gifts. In verse 7 and 8, the Apostle Paul is doing something interesting. He's saying, this God, who is like a king, has all power and authority and all of these resources. And what does God do with it? In verse 8, goes and gives gifts to God's people. The interesting thing about that passage is it's echoing an Old Testament scripture that the early audience would all have been familiar with from Psalm 68, verse 8, where it talks about God as a king. But in their imagination of the time, they figured God is probably just a good or better version of the way that kings operate in society. And so here's how kings operate in society. A king would go 
and his army and his generals would go and conquer another territory. And they'd take all their wealth. They'd often take most of their people. And then they would lead a big parade back to the capital city. And as the king or the general were leading that parade of all the gifts and the plunder and the treasure and the slaves, people of the surrounding countryside would come out and give them gifts as a way of saying, we're good, right? Please don't invade me the way you invaded these people. We're okay, right? The people would give the king gifts to placate the king. They were peace offerings. And the Apostle Paul, the early church planter and pastor, says that's the way that the kings of this world operate, but that's not the way God operates. God conquers not through violence, but through love. God moves toward God's enemies and eliminates them by making them friends. When God comes in God's power, your job is not to give him gifts. He gives you gifts. He's a giver. At the character of the creator of the world is generosity. Do you see God that way? What would the way you view your life, your business prospects, your relationships, your current circumstances, what would be different if you could say, I don't fully understand all this, but at the core, I know that God is a generous giver. I could trust God with this. And then the gifts themselves. Scripture talks about gifts in many different aspects. We see it a little bit here in verse 2. Some of these things that we would call the fruit of the Spirit. What happens when you are growing and developing a life with God? Gentleness, patience, love. We hear about gifts that God gives like the Holy Spirit and the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. and Gifts like prayer and community and scripture. So that's one category of gifts that God gives. We see another category of gifts where it's like your talents or your abilities that God gives you. Some of you can teach, some of you can preach, some of you can run a good business, some of you can organize teams and movements, some of you can educate, some of you can raise kids, some of you are generous givers, some of you are servants. There are gifts that you have that God gives. What do you think are your gifts? When's the last time you sat down for 10 minutes and said, I'm going to assume God has given me a gift on this planet. Here's what I think it is. And you know, you grow it by using it. And that's not how Paul's talking about gifts in this passage. Sometimes it's the gifts of faith or the Holy Spirit or Jesus. Sometimes it's the gifts of your abilities or talents or resources. But here it says, the gifts are prophets and pastors and ministers and teachers. The gifts are the people themselves. That you are actually a gift to this world. So when you put all that together, here's how it goes. A generous and good God gives good gifts to you so that God can give you as a gift to this world. What are the gifts God has given you? What does it look like for you to be a gift to this world this week specifically? So that can be very abstract. That can be very ethereal or heady or hard to kind of get our minds around. It works better if we talk about how it operates in real time. So I want to invite up Matt and Janie first, and then we'll invite up Rita and then Ben, just to tell us a story, uh, a bit of a story of how God's been at work in these ways. All of these stories will be different. Many of our stories are two steps forward, one step backward, but they're real. They're authentic. You can see the operation of God in the lives of the people in our community. That's mind-blowing to me. So Matt, Janie, welcome. We love you. I have the honor of knowing your story pretty well because I'm your pastor. Some of you know 
their story well as well because you've been around. There are people watching right now, other folks who just haven't met you yet. And so this is a great moment for you to get to share your story. The first thing I want to ask you about, and this is kind of awkward because I want to look at you, so I'll do that. I want to look at you. And you're going to have to move forward into that microphone because everyone here can hear you guys, but not everyone who's online. Um, The first thing is you have these two amazing daughters, and you chose to join a church plant, a startup. That's all hands on deck. That's building the bridge as we walk across it. That's developing stuff. It would be much easier for you to be a part of like a big mega church or something like that that has 15 children's ministers and, and all that. You chose to come into a missional church designed for the good of its neighbors and start up in that way with us. What's that been like? What have been the challenges and what's been some of the blessings of doing that? Uh, I think more than more than anything, uh, it's made me super appreciate uh, the work that people who work in any kind of children's ministry do. Um, we've been really blessed to be able to be part of church communities in our past where we would show up to, to big church. And you show up, you sit down, and then maybe at some point the kids... The kids go off, and then that's, that's kind of it, and they come back with the drawing or some lessons and whatnot, and you're like, this was good. I got to enjoy church. And just not really p- paying mind to the, the work that's being done mm. with kids uh, in the background. And being part of a, a smaller church community and getting to know, especially getting to know Florence, uh, your incredible wife. Um, I think sometimes you keep me around just to have her around. And that's fine. Fact. Yeah. Good choice. <laughs> um, getting to see her get to know the girls um, on an intimate level, get to know them personally, watching them go with her uh, to have a little lesson, to have a snack and a talk, um, has, has been really humbling in a way to realize this is the work that it takes to raise children. It's mm. not just us. It takes everybody to teach them about the character of God, about who God designed them to be. Yeah. Um, it has been, it's been challenging in that uh, over the last year, we, they've been with us mostly, yeah. you know, at home, like with everybody. And so it's during that time, I'm like, oh my God, I've relied on other people to <laughs> raise my kids yeah. for me in such a way. And so we've, we've been scrambling to try to piece some stuff together. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you, if you wanted to, to add to that or not, but it's been, it's been just really humbling yeah. in a lot of ways to see. And I was struck yesterday when you were describing two things. You were, you were describing how, yeah, it takes a village, and so you trust this community with your daughters, and how, you know, the primary teacher of your children is not the church. The church is here for your children. We mm-hmm. love your children, but, the, but you're the primary teacher of your children, and so how the church can empower you to be better parents for your kids. Yeah. And so we all do that together. That, that meant a lot to me when you were sharing that yesterday. So not, in addition to all that, you both have jobs. And you, like, you have jobs that require like, a lot of detail and a lot of energy. And each of you have decided, in addition to all of that, to serve in the context of the church here. So Janie organizes our Know Your Neighbor gatherings where we bring all our neighbors together, neighbors with homes, without homes, and people who normally walk past each other, talk past each other, become friends with joy. And Matt has been uh, leading and organizing most of our worship ministry, especially during this time of COVID. So all that to say, where have you seen God at work in these ministries? 
how has God grown you or encouraged you through serving in the church? Your turn. <laughs> well, I think as somebody who I feel like I'm an extroverted introvert, like I like to stay behind the scenes. I enjoy being social. I've been really blessed with the opportunity to use my gifts to organize. And during a time when we probably could have just said, we're going to close shop for the next year. It's not safe to gather. And we just don't really know what this looks like. Um, I've, I've been super encouraged because I think you're always going to need a speaker and a singer and those kind of um, folks who are outgoing. But as somebody who loves to organize and sees God kind of in the details, uh, it's just been a blessing to keep it pretty simple. We show up, we give them one or two meals, and there's people who we might see once a month or we only see every third month. Um, and I usually bring one or both of my daughters and for them to just see the joy on people's faces when we know their name, we remember them, their lives are very different than ours, but they are not very different than us. They're, they're much like everyone here at the church. Um, and so it's been super humbling, but it's, it's been wonderful to just take something simple as a few slices of pizza or a bag lunch and say, we, we can't solve all the problems of the world, but we can fill your stomach today and maybe later today when we're not here. Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. Matthew, how about for you? Well, I, to speak to what she does, uh, some of the best parts of the last year have been watching and participating at home, filling bag lunches, mm -hmm. um, watching the girls be part of that together, writing little notes and encouragements yeah. and stuff. So uh, organization is not my thing, if no. you know me at all. Everybody who knows me is nodding their head. Yes, you agree. Uh, but that's been really neat to see God in the details, the, yeah. the way that she does that. Um, music has always been a, just kind of a, a thing that I've done. I participate with other people who lead. Um, I'll step in every now and again, but this last year has, much like the children's ministry, has taught me to appreciate so much mm. when worship leaders do their, their calling well. Um, there's so much to this that we, that we don't see. Um, on a week-to-week -week basis. That's not me looking for any credit over here or anything. Oh, I just wanted, wanted you to know we noticed, Matt. You're doing a great job. <laughs> no. We're really thankful. Um, it's, it, okay. <laughs> Some applause was happening. I just want everybody to know it. Um, I, think, I think more than anything, I, I'm a little bit stunned at how much it actually takes in order to put this whole thing together. And being part of the worship team, the music has been the smallest part of it mm. to me. Uh, what people at home don't see is this little traveling production city that happens on the other side of the camera over here with tables and mixing boards and computers and a half a mile of cable uh, going back and forth. All of the work that it takes in order to make something happen smoothly, to do it with integrity, to in a way that honors God and the gifts he gave us. It's I've been excited to be part of something like that, and I've also felt... I felt very small, which is a, a tough thing to make a big guy feel. There you go. Um, but when, it's, it's been really humbling. One of the things I appreciated you sharing with me also was, um, you know, how as a creative 
creating something actually builds you up. It gives you life that you wouldn't otherwise have. Yeah. And so to watch you go, I want to take these old words, these old hymns, these old songs, and breathe new life to them and give them a San Diego sound. And not only does that take so much energy from you, but I saw it give you energy. And I love that. One time, Matt and Janie had our family over for dinner at their house. He took all the kids into his recording studio, and they produced this amazing beat. And it's actually the beat that you hear when you listen to our podcast. Oh, my god! It was created by Matt and the children of our church. So give, give that a listen sometime. Uh, but that's, that's awesome. Nonsense. All right. Well, we, we got to get you out of here because we're going right. to hear from more people. But just know that we're grateful for you. Thank you. And I think everyone knows that in five minutes you see the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot more that goes to it. And all of us could tell stories. And maybe we will at some point. Thank you for sharing your story yeah. today. Thanks. See you guys. Rita, please come on up. You have already heard from Rita today reading the scriptures. And now you get to hear the story behind the voice. Rita is our neighbor. She lives over just a couple streets away with us. And I'm really grateful that we're not only in church together, we've become friends and we're becoming family. And uh, yeah, grateful for you to tell your story. So... Rita, how did you first get involved in Renew Church, and what about this community has attracted you to say, okay, yeah, I'm not only going to come and on Sundays, but I want to be more a part of the community. What's that been like? So I first became part of the church. We live on the same street, and we have a neighborhood text, and somebody um, had mentioned that you were a pastor. Which and sometimes is the end of our friendship. It's like it's, sometimes it's a total buzzkill for our neighbors, but in this case, it wasn't. Thankfully, it mentioned offhandedly that you said that you were a pastor, and I kind of stored it away, but didn't really act on it. And then um, I had an experience that reminded me that uh, God always comes through hmm. for me. If there is nothing else in the world that is a constant, God is. Hmm. And I said, okay you know what, I'm really grateful for this, and I need to be a part of God and expressing and, and reminding the world, or at least my community, that God does exist. Mm. And so walked up the street, and you were home, and I and said, I heard you were a pastor. <laughs> and he said, yes, I am. Here's my card. Come on to church. And so I did. Yeah. And that's how I got involved and that's how I started coming to church and I realized like wow there's a lot <clears throat> not even just my little corner there's a lot to God and to the word hmm. and things that can be like Matt just said I'll, I'll borrow what Matt just said you know about breathing new life hmm. into these old world old words and in some cases you know dispelling some of the myths and the misunderstandings uh, about scripture and about God and about what it means. And then like Matt also knowing, realizing that, you know, it really does take a village to get not only to, well, to nurture anything, yeah. to grow, to raise your kids, to um, get anything going off the ground. Being a, a technologist, I've been involved in several startups and, you know, you are chief cook and bottle washer. You do what mm -hmm. needs to happen. And I realized at some point that this is a startup. This mm -hmm. is, church is a startup. And um, I should be willing to participate and do more and be a part of what I could. And so, um, yeah, so that's what motivated me to be yeah. more of so, it. So your next more then was getting a hold of me and saying, hey, um, 
I think there should be a, a, a kind of an organized way of reading scripture at church. What was that like for you? What led you to it? And now you're leading our scripture reading ministry. What's what's that been like so far? Right. So, um, yeah, I, uh, like everybody in the pandemic, um, I was t- attending on church, attending church online yeah. and watching. And I, I started to notice that. You know, sometimes you would read the scripture, but sometimes other people would read the scripture. Sometimes the the lady, the lady uh, Haley, Haley, who yeah. was here, mm-hmm. you know, she would read the scripture. And I think it really hit me one time when a, a, a car alarm went off. And uh-huh. I think you must have gone. Some, everybody maybe got went to shut the car alarm off or something. And Haley was just kind of silent for a minute. And then Haley, I think, just started reading the scripture. Yeah. And I thought, oh, boy, you know, um, oh, boy, these people need some help. (laughs) Well, he should be able, right, right. I said, this is important. And he should be able to count on having somebody there to read the scripture. You know, even if it's not, you know, it's not just him. There's there's a community and, and being part of the church. And so from that moment on, I said, okay, you know what? And I can do that. Yeah. I don't. I don't have. I. I like Marissa. I am a an an extroverted introvert. Yeah. My nature is to be quiet and and. Shy, but I do have these bursts of yeah. extroversion that I can yeah. <laughs> muster up the courage and do it. And I thought and and uh, and I can do that. And I'm also good at organize. And I am nowhere. I'm not an organizer either. But I am somebody who, uh, when I believe in something and I can see it and I can see the need for it, I can motivate other people and help other people and start arranging. Yeah, I am a planner. I so love I, I love planners and detailers and organizers. Right. You should have seen our agenda for Cancun for our vacation. <laughs> Florence had it all color coded. It was ready it's to right. go. And Florence and I yeah. kind of bonded on that a little bit about, oh yes, yeah, I do the same thing. You oh know, my gosh, I do I, the same thing when we go on vacation. I always say one hour in front of a spreadsheet for me, I am as exhausted as if you take an introvert and put them at a cocktail party for an hour. Oh. Uh, no, me, I could, I could, yeah. I could, I could dive into it for hours. I love it. So somewhere <laughs> in the world, someone loves to do the very thing you can't stand. Well, that's another thing. And that's thing. why it takes that's, all of us. You're exactly right. It's all the instruments in the symphony. Exactly. I and love it. So I thought, let's, let's, let me do this. Yeah. I can do this, and I really enjoy reading the scripture. I'm glad you do. I'm glad I learned so much about it. I usually get it a day or two before and read it, and I really, I've grown so much in my understanding and my relationship. Yeah. It's been wonderful. That's awesome. We, we have about another minute, but I do want to ask you about, you know, th- this is not a church that just exists for one hour a week, right? This is, again, empowered to go out into the world. And Rita, you do that in our neighborhood in a way that is visible and tangible. You live out these kind of healing, restoring, kingdom of God type things. You don't do it in a very in a churchy way or anything. You just do it because it's part of your DNA. Tell us what it's like to um, yeah, live out this mission of renewal on your block with your neighbors. Give us an example or two of what that looks like. Oh, I do. I'm I'm usually the neighbor that they know. That's I'm always there saying, "Hey, I'm," or often there saying. Um, I'm going to make a pot of coffee and sit on my porch. Is, you know, does anybody want some porch coffee? You know, come on down and do it. Or, um, oh, what a day. I'm going to open a bottle of wine and have some wine after work. Anybody want some porch wine? Yeah. You know, to just sit on the porch. And um, during the pandemic, when we couldn't be close to each other, um, I have a, a metal wash basin, and I would... <laughs> 
put uh, wood in there and dra- drag it out to my sidewalk and say, does anybody want to sit six feet away from me in front of this fire <laughs> and mm. just commiserate about this pandemic while yeah. we drink some wine? And people would. They would bring a chair, drag a chair down, and we'd sit six feet away um, and talk about what was going on. And so, yeah, I'm usually that person. Every year I have a gingerbread party where the kids come and make gingerbreads and, you know, and people will say, I can't believe you do this. It makes such a mess in your house. And I'm like, well, yeah. but what's, it's just a mess. Yeah. It's just a mess. Clean, you know, I just got to clean it up. You have it's, dogs. They clean it up. Uh, the dogs are great. They yeah. love it. I've had one that ate them all <laughs> while we weren't watching. Oh, yes. Yeah. So That's awesome. Well, Rita, thanks for sharing your story. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for you. Okay. All right, I'd love to invite up Ben. I've known Ben for 11 years, and they've all been good years of great friendship, and I'm thankful for you and for Bettina, if you're watching, hello to you. Um, ben, you moved, you know, Rita's lived on our, in our neighborhood for a long, long, long time. You moved to San Diego relatively recently, mm-hmm. and so tell us about what's it been like moving to San Diego, to be in a new city, yeah. but then also to have this church. How has that been uh, maybe helping you find grounding in San Diego? Well, Matt, as you just mentioned, uh, my wife and I had the privilege of knowing you and Florence, uh, and we attended the church that uh, you were part of. You were a pastor, and Florence was a children's minister. So there was a lot of familiarity hmm. with uh, when you started Renew Church. Uh, you know, I received all the emails that you would send saying, "You know, this is what we're doing. I just moved the family back to San Diego. We're starting a new church. We don't have a building yet. I'm just meeting people. And it was exciting to see the journey you were on. Mm. So as we moved down to San Diego a few years after you, just coming here, there was a lot of familiarity. There was just, you know, as everyone knows, moving to a new city, Everything is new, new friends, you got to find new places to eat and kind of your comfort spots and to and look for a church. So to be able to know that Renew was here and start coming and being a part of it and getting to know all the folks here and just finding ways to immerse ourselves in ministries was just so encouraging for us. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So Ben is one of these people, you could give him any project and he will figure it out and he will not be satisfied until it's done well. And so it was a real gift during COVID. We never tried, we never set out to be a church that has an online ministry. We always want to be a church that's in the neighborhood, for the neighborhood, not trying to be a mega church, wanting to have mega impact, super local. And we always say, if you don't live in this neighborhood, that's fine. Be a part of the church and take what you learn here and apply it on your street and in your neighborhood. And then COVID happened, and we couldn't meet in person, and we were forced to go online. And with three days' notice, Ben led the effort to make us an online experience church. It was phenomenal to see that. As a pastor, I was thankful for the fact that our, we could say church never closes. We just change the way that we meet. You made that happen. Like, it took so much energy, so much time, so much effort. And now you're leading a community group. It's on break for the summer, but we'll start up in August, September. And that takes time and planning. What is it like? Um, I, I almost want to ask, like, what do you get out of it? Like, how have you seen God at work in your life through serving at Renew? How are you growing and developing because of all of these ways you're pouring yourself out? Well, there's a phrase, uh, you can be a jack of all trades and master of none. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like I really don't have any expertise in, in any one particular area. 
but that uh, God just said, hey, there's an opening here. You know a little bit about it. Just see what you can do. And so, so when we started Church Online, I, I didn't know how to get the camera to talk to the internet and through the computer and all that. But uh, we had our friend Michael who helped us do that. And, you know, we, we sat together. He showed me how to do it. I took a lot of notes and was able to f- figure it out. And, uh, you know, from that, we did it. And it said, and it was a time too where I was uh, in between jobs. So I, I had some extra time and I said, you know, hey, it just things just happened, right? Right. The, the pandemic happened. I had free time. Said, Matt, I want to help out. And uh, again, with with me learning how to do things, uh, I was able to help out. I've I've always uh, much like uh, Matt Jennings just said. I've always had an interest in helping out with worship. I've done a lot of different roles over the years with other churches. So it was an it was an honor, a blessing, just to meet here with the worship team start helping out with setup. This is before the pandemic, so I'd, I'd help out in the background uh, with setup. I uh, le- learned a lot from Chemo, yeah. our, our uh, specialist who knows a lot and who is responsible for a lot of this setup here. And um, how, moving on to community, community group. group yeah. yeah, so for community group, it was the same thing. Um, there was an opportunity uh, through the church in San Francisco. I had opportunities to lead community group there. So I said, well, let, let's just give it a try here. And trust me, there are many, many times I go in feeling totally unprepared, uh, inadequate. It's like, I don't have a seminary degree. I'm just studying, you know, like right before, a day or two before community group. And uh, with God's help, it's like, wow, this is great. And one of the things, Matt, that I shared with you when you and I talked about a month ago was, it wasn't just the joy of leading the community group, which is great, and just having all the people, um, you know, and it's been online, you know, for the past year. But I learned a lot myself just through studying myself. And I think that's, you hear that a lot. If you study it yourself, you get the most out of it. And that's been so true. I've just learned a lot from studying. I've learned a lot just, and then as I go in the community group, it just gets so enhanced by what everyone else has to offer and to share and the stories. And one other quick thing about the church, um, I know that, um, uh, you know, Steve and Christina are, are also a big part of this church. One of the funny things I just thought of was when they share their story and you have to ask them about their story. I remember the week, Stephen, you and Christina came to our church. I believe it was in July of 2019. And then, you know, it's great. Oh, hey, new people to meet. Great. You know, you, you just meet people and you remember and then you, you all started coming. But when you told your story in community group about what that Sunday meant to you, I was like, wow. And I was actually there to experience it. And mm-hmm. so that's just an amazing thing, getting to know community, getting to know everyone's story. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, Ben. We're grateful Thank for you. you. Appreciate you. So... These are three glimpses of what it looks like when you think about what gifts God has given you and then how you could be given as a gift to this world. And I, I'm hearing some of the themes are not only is the community enriched, the neighborhood is transformed, but you are matured and developed and grown as well. And that's the big vision. And you also hear this balance of ways to serve within the church community and ways to serve within the neighborhood community. Uh, all of this is designed to participate in this being poured into so we could pour ourselves out. 
and that's how we all grow together. I just want to conclude in the scripture we heard, the goal of the gifts is revealed in verse 13. So the giver is a good giver who's generous God who gives you gifts. The, the gifts themselves are you. The goal is to equip all of us. All of us. All, in Greek, the word means all. Every one of us has a part to play and a way to grow and something to contribute for the building up of the body of Christ so that we can maintain the unity of the Spirit. How badly does this world need unity in its fracturing and politicizing and scapegoating to actually have a unified body that operates as family with wealthy and poor, every ethnicity and culture and orientation, different places of our faith journey unified together for the good of this world. For the knowledge of the Son of God to have maturity to the measure of the full stature of Christ. I'm going to end here, so I don't have time. That's a sermon in itself. That's a college class in itself. You can think about that phrase for the rest of your life. He's saying the goal is not that God will just sprinkle a little bit of goodness on top of a life that's already pretty good. Not just that God will help you overcome one or two of your bad habits and you kind of 5% better person. The goal is, it gives me a nosebleed to think about it. It takes you so high just to think about it, that you would reflect the full stature of the living God in this world. Fully reunited with God. Fully reconnected with others and your truest self. Fully redirected out into this world to bring about that new reality. That's the vision. That's why Renew Church exists. And it's my job as pastor to equip you to be able to do that. So we're going to continue moving forward throughout the summer, thinking about what it looks like as we're moving into Society 2.0 here, bringing more friends in. Uh, we're going to have a gathering on August 1st, so a month away, to talk about the gifts that we have and how we could deploy them in the, in the neighborhood. But this week, your homework is to ask yourself, what gifts has God given you? And what does it look like for you to be a gift, specifically, in this world? Let's pray together. Gracious God, I thank you for the stories that have been told here. I thank you for the fact that this is a community that has many, many, many more stories because you are at work. And so I pray now, thanking you that you are a good and generous giver of gifts, mindful of the fact that it doesn't always feel like it. We have plenty of questions, plenty of contradictions, plenty of unresolved tension and things that we want to be different in our lives and in this world. And still, you're trustworthy. You love us more than we love ourselves. Help us to really receive that and believe that and trust that. And then give us the courage and the grace to go out and be your gifts of renewal wherever we go. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Thank you.